28 minutes it is before 9 p.m. We're under the microscope here on Metro FM Talk on the mighty Metro with myself, Ayabong Atzawe. And um, let's take a look at some of the tweets that have come through uh, from uh, our chat on the taxi industry. Eddie Rakabe saying at some point the industry will have to grow a beard, organize itself and uh, aggregate, upgrade and innovate and use its bargaining power to drive down costs and improve profits. He says associations are sitting with large sums of cash that can purchase vehicles on a rotational basis. And maybe that's what uh, needs to be considered. Um, I guess the debate continues. And as I often say, uh, may a thousand flowers bloom and uh, a thousand schools of thought contend on this particular issue. It's certainly going to be a sector that is going to be critical to all of our designs of how we reconstruct this South African economy and what uh, President Ramaphosa has called uh, the third phase of the uh, 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 recovery uh, in response to COVID-19. Now, talking about that, we saw last week the uh, special adjustment budget which uh, came through and uh, uh, many people asking themselves, I mean, uh, I guess certainly on my end, and let me not say many people, uh, I mean, one of the big questions I was asking myself is you're faced with a once-in-a-century crisis, a kind of wartime uh, situation, and your biggest target in the medium, in the immediate term, maybe in the next two years or so, is to run a primary surplus. Now I'm sitting here asking myself. I mean, at the moment where you have to be probably making your biggest case for deficit spending, and doing so effectively and with the efficacy uh, that gives effect to uh, all of the big amounts that we talk about, uh, we we saw the budget saying we we're trying to go for a primary surplus, and uh, I get the whole idea that yes, it's a confidence-building measure, but I mean. I guess the big confidence that this government needs is the confidence of its people. And uh, uh, the big uh, question, of course, uh, that was being raised by many civil society groupings includes that one and many others. And uh, the cash transfer subgroup, which is an autonomous subgrouping under the C19 People's Coalition Economic Working Group, made submissions earlier on today to the Standing and Select Committees on Finance as part of their hashtag Pay the Grants campaign, which is focused on the just implementation of the promised COVID-19 social relief of distress grant of 350 rand and the building of a broad alliance towards a basic income guarantee for all. And uh, they uh, made some submissions before these committees. And I'm joined on the line by Dr. Natasha Valley, uh, who is with the coalition, uh, to tell us a bit more about the content of those submissions. Dr. Valley, good evening to you and welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Ayabonga. Let's maybe start off here. I mean, uh, just briefly, I guess, a uh, uh, lot of debates. We even saw Sasa coming out over the last day or so, suggesting that uh, maybe their, uh, you know, uh, how do I s- sort of their ranking model or even their uh, targeting uh, methods probably haven't been suitable for the kind of uh, a relief of the stress that is expected from this grant. Uh, what do you guys make of that? And maybe before uh, we get to the budget, let's maybe address that issue. So I think... Um you're very right to kind of be stumbling around what Sasa is saying because we've maintained that it's been extremely unclear and communication has been extremely poor on their behalf. And in uh. fact, I don't think it's anything to do with kind of a ranking system. It's, it was essentially exclusionary criteria for some of the most marginalized people in the country to whom these grants uh, should if, uh, effectively be targeted. And, um, you know, initially, President Ramaphosa's stimulus package promised 50 billion rand for grants. But then when we heard this adjusted budget on Wednesday, um, it, that amount had dropped to 41 billion. So uh, that's, a, that's a huge decrease. And in, even in context, 
that adjusted amount is only 26 billion more than what mm. the state would have spent already on grants. So we're really, really disappointed um, by what we heard in the adjusted budget. And that's the reason, one of the reasons why we made the submission uh, to the standing yeah, committee yeah. today. And I guess the devil, uh, as the sort of proverbial saying often goes, is always in the detail. So maybe talk to us about uh, some of the issues that you, you uh, or some of uh, the things that you found in the special adjustment budget that you took issue with and uh, that uh, you brought before the uh, committees earlier on this morning. So the budget indicated no movement towards inclusive growth or progressive taxation, which is desperately needed now to reduce the high levels of inequality, um, particularly uh, in, like you said, this once-in-a-century once uh, moment of crisis and pandemic. And also what raises alarm bells for us um, is that health, which should be the primary concern of this pandemic, has only 2.9 billion rand of net additional funding for the entire health sector. And this is less than half the new funding allocated to South African Police Services and the National Defence Force, and, you know, particularly in this moment that we're living in, which is not only a moment of uh, crisis around pandemic, but it's also a moment of crisis of, of speaking about the role of the police, particularly for black people's lives. It's mm. just the brutal discrepancy between what's being spent on health and what's being spent on um, kind of militarization of the police force is, is clear. And this is one of the general points we made. Um, but further than that, we also raised eight recommendations um, that were quite particular uh, around the COVID uh, social relief of the stress grant, and also around the reality that it is it is um, it is about time. In fact, it is far too late already. Um, um, it's taken too long for us to implement a basic income grant, and that was one of our primary recommendations as well. Mm-hmm. So, so, so let's maybe talk about these issues in turn, right? Uh, let's start off here with the with the uh, social grants. I mean, you're right, a lot. A lot of fanfare followed the announcement of the 500 billion rand stimulus. Uh, and we also knew, I guess, at that point, uh, uh, for many of those who ran the numbers behind the scenes, who were saying, look, uh, this really means by way of new injections of money, very little. A lot of it is reprioritization of spend and taking some money away from critical programs, uh, which have either been underspending or haven't made really uh, any considerable progress. But, but what do you make of, uh, I guess, some of the... The, the, the constraints that uh, many in uh, the budget office and in the Ministry of Finance have said we're faced with. Uh, you know, you've had a massive knock on uh, revenues. You've had, a, uh, I guess, uh, um, a lot of issues around tax morality, which uh, probably raises questions, as, as Edward Kisweta was saying, about, you know, do you increase the rate or do you broaden the base of people that are paying tax? And then you add to that all of the sort of uh, hawks that are hovering over us, the ratings agencies and many others, uh, who are looking at uh, every single move that's made here. When you consider all of those things, uh, um, I guess, do, do you arrive at a different assessment or does it embolden and bolster your view? Well, let me start off by saying it sometimes feels really callous um, in a moment where people are starving, when children um, no longer have access to school feeding schemes and are starving, mm. when people don't have electricity and it's coming into winter to to be talking about kind of balancing budgets. And um, it, and I, I think this is not just a merely kind of anecdotal point. I think it's a point about where we need to put our priorities. We really need to think um, about the economy as uh, outside of a kind of framing 
where the market knows best. And we need to think about how we can show solidarity and care with one another. And for example, um, the you know ec- economists have been writing uh, some really important, interesting things recently, um, and they've been saying that there's um, not only moral grounds but also economic grounds for expanding personal mm. income taxes. So, um, an annual progressive wealth tax between three and seven percent could raise already 143 billion rand. Um, and only a 10% increase in personal income tax on the top 2% of earners could raise 40 billion rand. Mm. Um, and if one even just looks at kind of the, the case of Madupi and many other places, like you're saying, where decisions are being made where to spend money as opposed to whether there is money or not, um, uh, we sure, need to take sure. consideration that this, it, can, it cannot be business as normal because yeah. business Dr. Valley? is working in the first place. Dr. Valley, I w- I'd like us to pause here for a second. We need to take a quick spot break. But when we come back, I want us to continue on this vein of uh, some of the revenue raising things. And we know uh, that uh, some of that couldn't be said in the special adjustment budget because those decisions, as as the minister often tells us, are made in February. But I think uh, it's very important that some of these issues are raised. And uh, I want us maybe to reiterate this idea and uh, some of the potential revenues that could be raised by some of the taxes uh, that you're suggesting. We'll continue on the other side. 17 minutes it is before 9 p.m. We're under the microscope this evening and uh, we're taking a look at the um, uh, a special adjustment budget and, of course, some of the parliamentary submissions uh, in response to that budget, which was presented by uh, Finance Minister Tito Mboweni last week. And I'm in conversation with uh, the C19 People's Coalition and uh, Dr. Natasha Valley joins me and uh, uh, speaking to us on behalf of that coalition. And um, uh, Dr. Valley, you were saying before the break uh, that potentially at this moment, if... Um, we are to be callous and maybe insensitive and uh, to think about the balancing of budgets, uh, which is certainly a job I don't envy. Uh, we, we ought to also be considering on the revenue raising side of things, uh, redistributive taxes. And maybe I guess some of them uh, uh, are worth repeating here. Uh, you mentioned the wealth tax. Let's maybe start off there and also uh, I guess how much that could potentially raise. Okay, so I think maybe um, what's useful, because we're obviously not going to be able to go through all the details of this in this conversation, but there was a really brilliant article that was written in May, um, on the 9th of May, um, called Three Ways to Finance the COVID-19 Policy Response. And it was in the Mail and Guardian um, by Adam Abubakar and Ihsan Basir. And in that article, they have a really wonderful graph that speaks about um, how much finance the solidarity tax could raise. Um, And they've worked um, the percentage of adults, the total taxable income, uh, etc. And the numbers are starting. So what I did say before the break, just as a snapshot of those possibilities, is that um, if we were to, um, uh, if there would be a 10% increase in personal income tax on the top 2% of earners in South Africa, we could raise 40 billion rand. Now, on the one hand, we, that amount of money is startling. But on the other hand, I think it just goes to show how absolutely wealthy the top 2% of earners in this country are. And that's, mm, I think, mm. primarily what our entire submission um, had, to, had to say, which mm. is that we live in the, the most unequal country in the world. And it cannot be that um, while we're thinking about a budget, we don't take into consideration how there's been a failure of redistribution in post-apartheid South Africa and is moments of pandemic and crisis like this where that stark mm. inequality is really, really uh, clarified. Yeah, yeah. And and Dr. Valley, maybe just as we wrap up, uh, uh, if there was maybe sort of two things that you would say 
uh, probably capture all of the salient parts of your submission today and uh, some of the views of the C19 People's Coalition on our fiscal policy. Well, what would those be? So I think first to say that the government has failed to deliver the promised relief um, through the social relief of the stress grant under the guise of saying that they need to verify those who are deserving. We really need to do away with this myth of a deserving poor. Um, nobody should have to prove that they deserve a basic income and a livable amount of money to, to make ends meet, to live a quality life. No one is disposable to the whims of economic models. Um, that do not serve the people. And while we're pushing for the social relief of the stress grant to be implemented as said, we also want to say that we have to reaffirm our, reaffirm our support for a basic in- income guarantee for all. Okay, Natasha, we'll have to leave it there. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Valley, for joining us uh, this evening and uh, certainly conversations, no doubt, that uh, will continue that will continue as uh, we try and make sense of uh, where we are in this particular budget. Uh, Dr. Natasha Valley, C19 uh, People's Coalition, uh, speaking on behalf of uh, one of the economic working group there, uh, which uh, uh, made some presentations before uh, the uh, Select and Standing Committees on Finance earlier on today. We're going to take a brief break now. When we come back, it is International Reggae Day, and uh, tomorrow in our Culture Talk, we'll uh, catch up with uh, advocate Sipo Mantula, uh, also known as Ras Sipo. But uh, I guess uh, no better time uh, than uh, today on International Reggae Day uh, to maybe uh, play some of the music which has been able to take uh, the message of peace, love and unity uh, to all corners of the world, certainly doing a much better job than many politicians in doing that. And uh, we'll be playing some of those sounds and also taking a look at some of the stories that are happening across the length and breadth of our country. We also saw... Uh, talking about the budget, a post-budget debate happening today uh, where uh, Deputy Finance Minister David Masonda joined a few other economists uh, to debate the uh, special adjustment budget. We'll uh, play back some of those clips for you on the other side of this break.